chapter 14. That is page 86, if you've got a Schofield King James Bible. Amen. Page 86, Exodus chapter 14. Again, I am so thrilled, so good to have you in the Lord's house this morning. We appreciate you being here so very, very much. Exodus chapter 14, we'll begin reading verse number 10. Exodus 14, verse number 10. Exodus 14, verse number 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For had it been better to serve the Egyptians than it would that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. Ye shall hold your peace. Between a rock and a hard place. Let's go to the throne of grace and ask the Lord to help us. Brother Gene, how are you about you praying, brother? seated. Have you ever faced a situation where you felt like you were just boxed in? There was no way out. The rent is due, but so is the electric bill. Come to the end of the month, but you've already come to the end of your money. And it appears there's no way out, or perhaps you've Applied for uh, four different jobs and none of them's come to pass. Maybe you find yourself hooked on drugs or alcohol or bitterness or worse shed unforgiveness. You're in what we would call a predicament. If you were in some areas, you would call it up the creek without a paddle. Some places you'd say, well, they're in a jam. But down here in South, hallelujah, we call it between being between a rock and a hard place. It is, if you would, a proverbial catch-22. 
It literally is a place to where it appears no matter what you do, which path you go, what decision you make, it seems to go nowhere. As I prepared this, my mind raced back to a few years ago where I found myself in this very place. And um, I, I like fixing stuff. But I found myself in a place to where there was no good decision. There literally was no other way out. There was no other option. And we've been on this series of out of options. No, no options. But we said in the very beginning, praise God, as long as you've got God, you've always got an option. But in this world, we find ourselves many, many times being simply out of options. Perhaps many of you this morning have come to a place where you would just could honestly say, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm honest. We, we, we're just, we have no other options but God. He's all we have today. And I know it seems like that's a hopeless place, but it may very well be the greatest place you've ever been in your life. Because the reality is God wants us all to get there where it's all Him, about Him, for Him, and through Him. He wants to do a work in our lives. We find as we consider this people here, perhaps the greatest catch-22 that any group of people have faced in history. As a matter of fact, it become a celebrated event in all of Jewish history. The Bible says in Exodus 14, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, they turn and encamp before Thiharoth, Thiharoth, between Migdal and the sea, over against Baal-Saphon, before it shall ye, and it before it shall ye encamp by the sea. Now I'm not going to read them names again, but I will tell you, Belsafon was a geographical cul-de-sac. Everybody knows what a cul-de-sac is. It is the end where there's a turnaround, but you go no further. Belsafon was a geographical cul-de-sac, if you will. To the north, the Israelites faced a, a, a mountain, a sheer rock cliff, if you will. To the south, they faced an Egyptian desert that no one survived crossing. To the west, Pharaoh and his army. And to the east, the Red Sea called the Gulf of Suez today. It literally was being between a rock and a hard place. Go any direction and you're doomed. Surely they would have died if they could have climbed the mountain. The desert would have definitely been a death sentence. I find as I began to read this and all of a sudden you, you say, but... But, but preacher, how did it end? Well, most of you know how it ends. But in case you don't, let me give you the end of the story. 
The end of the story is God opens up and parts the Red Sea and they walk over on dry ground. Wow. And I believe it was dry. Amen. When God said dry ground, I believe it was dry. One scholar was talking to a young man and he wasn't very well educated. And he said, you know, he said, um, that really wasn't a sea. It really wasn't about six inches of water. The young man just began to think a little bit. And he just began to shout. My gosh, he just said. And finally the scholar said, son, calm down. Why are you shouting over? He said, it's bigger than I thought. He said, I thought it was something that they went, that God parted the sea and they went over on dry ground. But I think it's amazing God drowned an entire army in six inches of water. See, I, I believe the story to be exactly what God says it was. And all of a sudden, you see, when, and when, when we began to realize that between a rock and a hard place, God does some things that He can do nowhere else. See, when we do what is possible, God does the impossible. All of a sudden, we find, they found themselves a place here. And I'm going to give you three things. Here this morning, I appreciate God showing up and meeting with us already today. So I'm not going to keep you to one o'clock. So don't be alarmed. I'll let you out at the time we usually do. If you listen. Amen. If you go to sleep, I have to keep you here until you wake up. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, let me give you three things God wants us to learn between a rock and a hard place. Number one, write it down. Go where God leads you to go. You say, preacher, that's simple. I know it's simple. See, what we need to understand, the, Egypt, the Israelites had been living in captivity. They had been in slavery for 430 years. And for 430 years, someone told them when to get up, go to bed, what to do, where to go, how to do it, when to do it. And all of a sudden, God raised up a, a Moses and he begins to deliver the people. But we need to understand something. This is a people that had been in slavery for 430 years. They were Israelites by race, but in practice and habit and actions, they had learned to live like Egyptians. You say, preacher, why are you sharing that with us? He helps you to understand when they find themselves between a rock and a hard place. While they looked to Moses and said, you bring us out here to kill us. Hey man, why did you just leave us alone? I mean, why did you bring us out here to destroy us? Because the reality is, long time they ignored God. So the truth is, they didn't know God. See, we find today that many of you may be in a rock, between a rock and a hard place. But oh, how we need to be patient with those because the reality is, the reality is, they may not know God the way you know God. They may have just been introduced to Him. They may have just learned about Him. And all of a sudden, these people knew God, but they didn't know God like they needed to know God. And all of a sudden, they found themselves... Hearing God said as He brings them here. And don't miss this. Don't miss this. There's one school that God enrolls you in that you never graduate from. Never. And that is the school of faith. 
long as you, as long as you and I walk this earth, we will be enrolled in the school of faith. You say, you mean I'm never going to graduate? No, like I felt like when I went to West Lenore. I went so long I felt like Jethro Bodine. I didn't think I'd ever graduate. And, I, and maybe they just graduated me so I would leave instead of becoming a permanent fixture. Truth of the matter is, you never graduate from the school of faith. Because whenever you make a step towards God and you believe God and you trust God and you go where He tells you to go. Can I remind you, God brought them to this place that's between a rock and a hard place. God brought them here. They didn't come here they're on a court. They didn't wake up that morning and sign up, Hey God, have you got a... A rock in a hard place I can go to? They didn't do that. Nobody's volunteering here. But God led this people into this place. It may very well be this morning. God has you in a place He's led you into. Now, I know we don't preach about this. I know Benny Hinn ain't going to preach this. That's okay. I'm not Benny Hinn. But God may very well have, have led you to a place between a rock and a hard place because He wants you to see something about Him that you could not see in no other place. I know now, now listen, this is going to be really big and really important. You might want to write this down. You can't see the Red Sea part if you never get to the Red Sea. I know that's profound. But the truth is, until you get to the Red Sea, you can't see it part. And many times we, we, we cringe and we struggle and we, 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 we're hard, we, we struggle with these Hard places that God puts us in, not realizing that may very well be the place God wants to show you something. and He wants to part something in front of you that you say is an impossibility. Here we find God says, I want you to go where God leads you to go. This morning, it's that simple. You, you say... You say, but preacher, that, 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 that's so hard sometimes. I don't think it's as hard, near as hard as we think it is. I think God speaks plainly and clearly. I think sometimes it's just not what we want to go. It's not what we want to do. We find that faith is not a talent you're born with. It's, it's a lesson we learn, and God is the professor. No, we never, we never quit learning to trust Him. Now the bad news was, God led them to the Red Sea. But here's the good news. In Exodus 14, 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. If you follow God and go work and God goes with you. Amen. It's amazing to me how many times 
that God brings us to a, to a especially, if we, if, if we make this declaration, God, with every fiber of my being, I'm going to trust you. And then God says, okay, okay. Hey, I got a place for you. There's a mountain on one side, there's a desert on another, and there's an army behind you, and there's a Red Sea in front of you. And I'm going to stick you right there to find out if you really want to trust me. Well, sometimes God does things and brings us to a place because there, there, as we have talked about all of these series of being out of options in every place we've been, we, we, we've been to the fiery furnace. We, we, every place we have been, it is every place is a place to where we get to experience God in a way we've never experienced Him before. We get to see His greatness. We get to see His power. We get to see His love. We get to see His glory. Someone has said, someone has said this, and I stand amazed at this. They said if, if they went over two by two, it would have taken eight days. It was somewhere between two and three million Jews here. It would have taken, it would have taken eight days. Someone had done all the figuring has said this, that if they crossed that many people in one night, that God had to part that water where 5,000 could cross over at a time. See, we get this idea that, man, there's a little water here and a little bit of water here. And we were, none, this thing parted for miles and, and the water was straight up like a wall. Wow! It would have been awesome. I shared with you earlier how a few years ago I found myself exactly there. Now, I lived through that to find, wow, what a great God we serve. In that time, God did one of the greatest things He ever did in my life. All because I was willing to go where God leads you to go. Are you willing this morning to go where God leads you to go. Number two, it, and this is not, oh, this is so simple. It's just so simple. But yet, I find so many of God's people struggle living here to do what He tells you to do. I love this. The Israelites looked to the mountain said, well, we can't climb you. The Israelites looked to the Egyptian desert and said, there ain't no way we'll survive that. They could hear the hooves and the dust and see the gleaming spears and sword. Pharaoh brought his, brought his uh, rangers and, and his navy seals and his special forces. Pharaoh's bringing his best so the children of God could experience the worst. And they say, Moses, by the way, it always starts with the preacher. It always gets back to the preacher. They look to the preacher. Hey, dude, why'd you be saying you're going to kill us? You should have just left us alone. We're going to die here. 
They're all the pieces. Moses' answer to them was this. Fear ye not. Time out. Time out, Moses. Moses, you're just not getting it. Would you open your eyes? Don't you see that army? You know, I hear that from Christians. Don't you, don't you understand? you got to do this and this and this and this and this. I hear that all the time. And Moses saying, Yeah, I see the army. Okay, waiting on the answer. Fear ye not. As I, as I prepared this, I got to thinking about this. I, I believe the churches eat up with it. I, I, do, I believe some of God's people are literally eat up with fear. All the devil's got to do is say, Boo! Draw the pieces. I believe we, I believe it was God's youngins. We're just like them. And, and we're saying, my God, my God. I, I'll never forget, I'll never forget that we visited a family once. And, I, and I'll never forget this fellow looked at me. Well, at least bless God now I can feed my family. Blaming God and the church. I, I, I'll be honest with you. The Bible's Fear ye not. Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now he said something else. Stand still. Now I'm going to be honest with you. If I'd been there, I'd been tempted. Run! I would have. Or I would have been tempted to say, Anybody got a white flag? <laughs> but he said, Fear ye not. Stand still. How many of you know, now I'm not going to speak for you, but I'll just speak for me. How many of you know that's not an easy thing for me to do? If you don't just ask Darlene or my children, standing still is not my greatest attribute. Get out of my way isn't a good one. <laughs> let's go, let's get her done is a good one. But trust me, trust me, standing still is not one of them. And I'm going to tell you what God has done over the last 24 years. God has put me in a place. Couldn't find an answer here. Then an answer here. Then an answer here. And then an answer here. And God said, just stand still. Boy, that kills us, don't it? How many of you men are like me? I like fixing things. If I can't fix it, I got a hammer. How many understands that? If I can't fix it, I'll fix it where nobody can fix it. Amen. That's what. If I can't fix it, nobody will fix it when I get done with it. 
Oh, I want you to know. And sometimes I found myself going to God saying, God, what a fine mess you've got me into. I have. And you say, you, you mean you talked? Yeah, I have. Only to find God say, stand still. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Stand still. And I want you to see the salvation of the Lord. What he's just saying is, I want you to see what I can do. I want you to see how I handle this. I want you to see what I'm what I can do. Now you gotta go where he tells you to go, and you gotta do what he tells you to do. Because anywhere else, they would not have seen the salvation of the Lord. They're between a rock and a hard place. They need to see God. They need to see what God can do. And we just got to simply wait and see what God will do. Honestly, there's been times I didn't have a clue what to do. And I've had to live the advice. And that's killer. Because I've advised this hundreds of times and I don't mind telling you this one bit doesn't bother me. But living it is so hard sometimes. That is when you don't know what to do. What's the next part? Don't do anything. When, you, when God has not made it a one-laner, don't do anything. Because I'll tell you, you'll do the wrong thing. And more when I've had to live that. You see, the Israelites said, God, hurry, hurry, the army's going to hurry. But God doesn't have a watch. Because He does not, time means nothing to God. Timing, listen to me, time means nothing to God. Timing means everything to God. Are you listening? Did I confuse you? Time means nothing to God. But God's timing means everything to God. And it is amazing. I tell these men around you all the time. I said, is the timing right? Is, is, is the timing right? Is the timing right to start this? Is the timing right to do this? And most sometimes I think the timing's right. And God just moves in and says, no, the timing ain't right. He just puts it on stop until the timing is right. Because he's a master at his timing. Number one, go where God leads you to go. Number two, do what he tells you to do. I'm going to ask you tonight, this morning, are you in a, between a rock and a hard place? Are you willing to go where he tells you to go? And are you willing to do what he tells you to do? Because at whatever point, whatever point, you say, no God, no God, no God, I'm not doing that. He stops right there. Whatever point that is. Whatever point that is. Wherever that is, he'll stop. He won't go any further until you look and say, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Now I'll do what he tells you to do. Number Believe what God says He will do. We see the final scene being set up. 
In Exodus 14, 4, the Bible says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he should follow after him. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God never made it easy for the Israelites to make their escape. And the reason He didn't was He was not going to give them the glory over this thing. He's going to put them between a rock and a hard place. So when He does it, He gets the glory. How many of you understand by our very human nature, we'll steal God's glory if we got half a chance? How many of you understand that? We wouldn't heartbeat. Preacher, I'd never do that. Oh, yes, you would. Yes, you would. Do you see what I did? Somebody needs to pat me on the back. Do you see what I did? I'm going to tell you, God will put you between a rock and a hard place. So when He does it, He gets all the glory and honor. And you look up to Him and say, Nobody else done this. He done this. He did this. We find here all of a sudden, God's not going to make it easy. But God always has a method in His madness. But the Egyptians pursued after them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping, uh, overtook them in camping by the sea beside uh, those two places. And he had 600 of his selected chariots being ridden by the best officers the Egyptian force had to offer. Right in the middle of it, God says, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Take that rod in your hand, lay it over, and march forward. And as soon as he's put that rod out there, the waters just parted. And they marched over on dry ground. But as the last one, as the last one, I believe, stepped out of the water... God did something. Didn't know if you noticed this. I bet you didn't know that God was mechanically minded. But He is. Halfway through there, He took the wheels off all the chariots. I was listening to a preacher not too long ago. And they have done a... They have been in the the bottom of the Red Sea and, and they took one of them... Little miniature sub things, you know, that goes real deep and, and, and cameras and stuff. And they, they, they unloaded that thing and they went into the Red Sea and they're down on the bottom floor just a crawling around and looking. And all of a sudden they come back and they said, wow, down here on the bottom of this sea is chariot wheels. How in the world did they get down here? But there was chariot wheels. Down there in the bottom of that Red Sea. You say, why did God do that? Because He wanted you and I to know what He says is true. And He took the wheels off the chariots. And when, and all of a sudden, Moses and all the, the crowds on the, on the shore on the other side, they didn't fire a shot, they didn't pull a sword, they didn't throw a spear. But God said, let me show you. Somewhere, Somewhere in the middle, and, and, and get your Bible down and read it. Somewhere in the middle of that, them soldiers said, Oh my gosh! 
God is fighting with this people. Oh my gosh! And they started running to no avail. And in one motion, God clapped the sea back together and drowned the whole lot of them. You see, this morning, your rock in hard place. It may be that you're there and you're fearful. Maybe you're there and you don't know what to do. Maybe you're there and you're trying to figure it out, work it out. Well, aren't we good at that? Aren't we good at jerking out the piece of paper and saying, we'll do this, do this, do this, do this, do this? Hey, aren't, we good? aren't we good at that? And all of a sudden, when everything collapses around us, and God says, now, don't be afraid. Fear not. Stand still. Just stand still. But God, I need to do something. God said, I want you to do something. Stand still. That's what I want you to do. Just stand still. And I want you to see the salvation of the Lord. You know what I want for Solid Rock Baptist Church this morning? I want for some of you to see the salvation of the Lord. I want you to see God in some ways I've been privileged to see Him. He's just one and I've used him many times, so he won't mind this morning. When I first took the church, Jimmy Drum was not saved. I don't think he minds me using him as an illustration. He wasn't saved. And to be honest with you, they want some hope. They want a lot of hope for him being saved. I'm honest with you. That's the truth. Now, is that not about Jimmy? I mean, especially your mother-in-law didn't think you'd ever get saved. Well, she didn't. And, but you know what? I remember the day. I said, Jimmy, have you ever known anybody that loved God? And I, for the first time, saw that big man tell me about a grandmother, I believe. I remember coming back to church that day and saying, God, I must believe you're going to save him. I remember the Sunday God did. Who are you praying for? You can't talk. You realize there's some people in our family we can't talk to? You realize you got some crazy family members that you can't talk to? I I got some. You can't talk to them. They'll they'll cut you off. They won't listen to you. Some of you have got some, they're in bondage and they're in slavery and some things. And no matter what you say, it don't seem to resonate. God might be saying, won't you just fear not, but stand still. And won't you just say, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Now, Lord, let me believe you'll do what you said you would do. Won't you begin to pray and say, God, please save them. Now, here's where we're messing up with this thing. We want God to save them on our terms. We want God to save them and don't hurt them. 
We don't want God to save them, but don't bring them to a place of... We want God to save them, but we don't want God to bring them to a hard place, a rock and a hard place. We want God to save them, but God, whatever you do, don't, don't put them in a distress. God, we want you to save them, but don't, don't do like the prodigal son, bring them down to, to slopping with the hogs. Don't, do, don't bring them this. God wants you to save them, but we don't want you to do it. We want you to do it the way we think you ought to do it. And God says, no, 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 no. I want you to go where I want you to go. That means if God moves your heart to call them, tell them, speak to them, whatever, you go. I want you to do what I tell you to do. Then I want you to believe I'll do what I said I would do. Here this morning, are you between a rock and a hard place? I visited a man yesterday and I so grown to love this man. So grown to love him. I've always loved him, but in the last few weeks, I have really grown to love this man. And I sat on the bed beside of him yesterday, and he said this. He said, Preacher, all I have is God now. Just God. And I thought, wow. And I looked and I said, then you got everything. He said, yep, I've got it all. I wonder here this morning, I've got this, 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 and then God. What's it take to get you to where the rock and the hard place where you've got nothing but God? And say, God, I want to stand still and I need to see the salvation of the Lord. I, I need to see that. And watch as God just parts things in front of you that would never be parted no other way. Maybe you're here this morning, you're lost and undone without a Savior. If you died right now, you'd die and go to hell. And you know that. If I can live it, you'll never live it. That's where you're missing it. Salvation is not hinged on you living it. Salvation is hinged on you believing what He did on the cross of Calvary. Salvation is you trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and getting under the blood drippings of Calvary. Salvation is not hinged on you living it because you will never live it. But Jesus saves you, puts the Holy Spirit in you. He helps you to live it each and every day. But this morning, you got to start here. Will you go where He tells you to go? Will you, you do it? This morning, if He's dealing with your heart about salvation, you need to come and get saved. You come and get saved. Just this week, 37-year-old man wrecked right in front of Joe and Francis' home. He's in eternity somewhere. Hope he's in heaven. I wonder, had that been you, where would you be? Where would you be? Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed and every eye closed.